Prophetic Podcast. It's the only podcast designed for prophets and prophetic people. Get ready to be encouraged, educated, and enriched. Here's your host, the one and only, Stefan Taylor. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Prophetic Podcast. So I want to do something different this week, and this might be the format for a little while as I struggle to bring you new and innovative prophetic content. I do something on this app called Clubhouse called the Prophetic Hub. Every Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, we meet and we discuss different prophetic topics. I want to take you into one of those rooms that's already in progress and let you hear some of the dialogue that we do. Normally, we are on for, you know, like two hours, sometimes more. But I want to bring you just a piece of that conversation that we had, and it's going to be amazing. Let's talk about submission. Because submission is what we're talking about today. <laughs> and so it was wise that you submitted to the time frame that was given. Um, because also one of the things that we are not here to do is give people everything. We are here as a supplement. If you want to know more, contact us. We have programs. We have trainings. We have books. Like between just us six alone, we literally have a library of things that we've either written, that we've participated in, or that we can direct you in. And so that's one of the um, things. We are a supplement, but we're not your replacement. All right. So um, prophetic sub uh, submission, can you submit? And one of the things that I'm going to throw out here, which is going to be risky, and um, I just like being risky because it sharpens me. Sometimes people disagree with me. I see their side and I change my position. Other times um, it goes the other way, whatever. I believe that we see a, a we see what happens in the Bible when we don't submit. We see it with John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was the greatest prophet up until the day of Jesus. Now, depending on your belief, you might say Moses, but I believe John the Baptist because of what I've read. And so we see this and we don't see a whole bunch of prophetic functions with John the Baptist, but we do know what he was doing, what he was crying out and what mission he was given by God. And I see that when Jesus came on the scene, he did not submit to Jesus as now the continuation of the ministry that he was carrying out. Uh, We see here that John the Baptist, in my opinion, should have now said, hey, uh, what I've been praying, what I've been prophesying, what I've been preaching, it's here right now. You, he's been prophesying about someone whose shoes he's not even worthy to latch. However, when the movement comes and the moment comes, he doesn't submit to it. And we know how his story goes. And so I think um, submission is that important that once our moment of submission comes, that we must submit. And as uh, was laid out first to God, yes. But even to man, and I think sometimes we skip that so much and we do a disservice and a dishonor, Um, just like uh, Apostle Duran says, his spiritual mother is here even today. Um, And she's, you know, weighing in and listening. But you have to be submitted to someone in the earth because God does not just send us out and nobody knows who you are. And oftentimes, and I'm going to get a little pushback, but oftentimes people come on this stage and they say, oh, I'm in a church, but nobody can recognize me. There's a problem. (laughs) God always allows someone in the earth to affirm you and to to help you along the journey of the prophetic, the apostolic, even the evangelistic and the pastoral. So I'll stop talking there. Moderators, let's popcorn Uh, your thoughts, your questions, your comments. Let's. I want to stop. First of all, I just want to say, man of God, that was such a powerful teaching and you spewed it all out. 
all of it. I was so excited just to hear the balance because a lot of times we get so spiritual that there is an accountability in us living in the earth, although we're not from the earth or a part of the earth, we're still here and we have to surrender and submit. I want to say, then I'll just be quiet because I have a controversial statement that I want to make. And I don't want to bring it out too soon about Ooh. submission. Oh yeah. Ooh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Cause it, we, we got to go to the other end of the spectrum, but let me say this. I first had to submit to my family, but I was raised by strong women and men but mostly the women, like they, they were the disciplinaries in the body. I mean, in, in my family. So by the time I got to the body of Christ and was old enough to read the Bible for myself, understand the principles of God, it had already been ingrained in me. You don't talk back to grownups. You don't speak out of turn when you're not supposed to. They told us children are to be seen and not heard. I hated that statement. I mean, but some of that and some of those principles that they ingrained in me, it was not hard for me to submit when I to the principles of God because of those that raised me. I want everybody else to get a chance to speak. But after that, I want to come back and I want to talk about the danger of submitting to the point where you lose your identity. Yes, we will call that part, uh, Dr. Dr. Downer, we're going to call that part submission, but not slavery. Anyway, uh, let's keep going. Popcorn style. Anybody on the stage, whether you're moderator or not, because I trust all of these voices. Come on. What are you hearing about the submission, prophetic submission? I believe, um, like I said, Apostle um, Deron, everything that you spoke, I mean, you so eloquently um, explained things. But uh, this is such an important topic. Um, because we have to uh, explain what does submission look like. Sometimes with pride, um, I think uh, Prophet Stefan, you said something about uh, people being in the church and saying that yet I'm not I'm not identified as such. Um, zeal has a lot to do with it. Um, chasing a gift but not submitting to God, let alone a leader concerning um, that gift or office, like uh, Apostle Deron said about whatever terminology terminology you want to use. If it's mantle, if it's office. Um, but submission is almost like you're cursing at the body of Christ um, because of some mishandlement, mishandlement, but not always mishandlement because of the person themselves, their rebellion, uh, their pride. Because the first thing that God deals with when it comes to a gift and or office, I think Apostle did say that um, I had to take a call is that the first place he deals with is with you. Um, so a lot of times people want to step into a sphere of influence or sphere of authority or uh, you know, or to be seen in their identity, but yet has submitted uh, to the sovereign grace of God, submitted under his lordship and his kingship. So we're continually uh, dying to ourselves and as um, and also to our flesh, but submitting to his kingship and his lordship um, are two different um, dimensions that we have to understand in order to submit to someone in authority in the earth that uh, literally has that that charge or that rule on the earth. Scripture tells us don't, you know, grieve, don't even um, provoke those that have a rule over you. Um, and that's not about a feral position, but it's about a governing position in the spirit that God preordained. Um, I'm Jordan. I'm done. Yes, I love it. Uh, Lonnie, Denise, Rodney, uh, Sonia, anything about prophetic submission? Because what I'm learning is the hardest group of people to get to submit is those who 
operate in the prophetic. I'm going to be nice because I'm a prophet, so I won't say the prophets, but those who operate in the prophetic. And part of it comes in, um, and I, I want to see what everybody thinks about this. Part of it comes in when they do not see fully what someone else sees. And so then you have the war of the visions, my vision, my vision, my vision. Um, and so it creates a tension where when the, the prophetic person doesn't see how their vision is tied maybe to a church or to an organization or to an apostle's vision. So talk to me about submission here. Well, kingdom blessings, kingdom blessings. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the platform. God bless all these powerful men and women of God. Apostle Stephanie, uh, we've been in um, relationship for over 20 years. God bless you, woman of God. Um, I believe um, submission, prophetic submission. I believe that anything that you do um, for the kingdom of God, I believe that your ministry, ministry should be traceable. I am a prophet under Apostle John Eckhart, and I believe that anything that you do, it needs to be some type of accountability. Like, say, for instance, ministry go left or ministry doesn't is not done in order. You should be able to contact my apostle and say, hey, she was, you know, she did A, B and C. I believe that ministry should be traceable. Um, um, submission as, as far as um Anything you're doing, anything you're doing, it should be traceable. Even with um, me being a um, nurse by profession, there's there's nurses over me, and then there's doctors over them, and then there's administrators over over them. It's always order, whether it's naturally or spiritually. You must know, learn how to submit. I don't care how much I know. I don't care how many IVs I start. It has to be a level of submission, and you have to be accountable for everything that you and your ministry should be traceable. So that's what I wanted to add. And I yield my mind. All right. Uh, anything else, Rodney, Lonnie? Because if not, I'm going to throw it over to Dr. Downer. Go ahead, man, the guy. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Prophet uh, Stefan, for the invite. I appreciate you. We honor the men and women of God in the room, on the platform, and just all over. Thank God for everybody. Listen, one of the things that I, I, I hang my hat on is what Prophet Apostle Duran had made mention of, and then Prophet Stefan, you made mention of uh, the releasing. I believe in order for you to be effective to where you're going, you got to be properly released from where you come from. And the reason why I'm saying that is because when you have not been released properly by those who have jurisdictional authority over you, you'll be pouring into people in, in a fashion that's illegal. Anytime you use or you take something that have not been released to you or authorized by the owner, it is an illegal transaction. Let me say it again. If I'm using anything or got anything and it has not been authorized from the releaser to who's going to receive it, it is an it is an illegal transaction. Well, if I'm out here bootlegging and like the woman of God just said, they yielded the floor and, and there's no apostolic secession or there's no one that can pastor you, then I really believe that you need to get somewhere until you can be in a position where you'll be graced to do what you do. The Bible say he that have a ministry, let him wait on it. He that have a ministry, let him wait. Now that waiting don't mean sit there being idle, being looked over, but you're yet being progressive. You're yet being proactive, but yet you're allowing the pouring of the God, the pouring of the Lord to be your portion. So when you are in a position to release, you'll be more effective. 
and you won't be, praise God, convicted because you know you ain't doing the right thing because this is your thing and not a God thing. My name is Pastor Prophet Lonnie Davis. and I'm Man, oh man, uh, we got some we got some good stuff on the stage. It's a good point. Uh, good time for you to go ahead, Dr. Downer, and stir the pot a little bit, because I like when the pot is stirred. We're we, we, we we a little too safe here, so I, I need a little stirring of the pot. I've been hanging around you, Stefan. It's your fault. You know I don't like it safe, so I... I, I, I got this impartation from you. Hey, uh, Dr. Downer, before you stir it up, let me let me say something real quick. Can you yeah, I, I wanted to say something for Oh, okay, so we're gonna do Sonya and Duran because we all just—I don't like okay. echo chambers, but we all just agree. I'm gonna so be I very. I need something to stir, so go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna be quick too. I'm gonna be quick too, and uh, I'm ready to stir because uh, I think I know where you go, Doctor Dada. <laughs> so I think we're on the same page. Uh, I just wanted to mention that um, when uh, Prophet Stefan, when you talked about John the Baptist not uh, submitting. I think that's what you were saying. Were you saying that he yeah, was not, he, he did not submit to Jesus? Is that what you were saying? Is that correct? I'm saying that he didn't submit his entire ministry to Jesus, but let's go. I'm ready. Okay, so what, what, I, what I see and what I understand is that Jesus submitted to John. And I say that because John, the Bap- we know he baptized Jesus and he also... You know, when he asked, am I a man or am I John? I believe Jesus did that as an example for us. Though he was all God, he, we know he emptied himself. And, uh, and and I like to use the word, the kenosis. I love that uh, theological phrase because it just shows that he emptied all of himself and he became man. And so because of that, and we're talking about submission he submitted to a man to give us an example of having all power and being all God, but being able to submit himself under a man's authority and allowing John to baptize him. And so, um, you know, that, that's the perspective that I see it. Uh, but I think maybe you may be making that point because John was kind of confused and saying, is he the one or should we, Shall we look for another? Or you may have some other points as to why you believe he didn't submit. But um, I believe it's the case because Jesus submitted to him. And I just you wanted to bring that point. smiling over here because I love it. Now this is what we're supposed to do. So how I see it, um, once again, how I see it. So this is not, you know, end all of all. But how I see it is Jesus did submit in an act to John. And that was the act of baptism. I believe John should have fully knowing or at least knowing the portion of what he knew, who Jesus was. He should have been she gone. Come back here. He should have become John the Baptist, should have become a disciple of Jesus and not just any old disciple. But he's one who has been an elder statesman. He's somebody who already understands and knows who Jesus was. He was able to even identify him. I'm saying that I believe that John the Baptist would have had a more fruitful end had he now followed Jesus as a disciple of Jesus, not, you know, someone in the distance. And and a lot of times God calls us out of the wilderness, but we don't accept the call. So that's what I'm saying, Sonia. And and so tell me how you disagree. And also, because okay, you're, you, you're reading into the text, you're reading into oh, the yeah. text. But yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So we're going to let you read there. But it's not Even there, when you so. talk about Jesus emptying himself, right? He, he didn't. 
even if you want to say that he emptied himself just pre pre-baptism we see at the point of baptism something happens where he then begins to disciples and do miracles so he didn't empty himself of his divine attributes so oh, no the question I'm, is what did he empty himself of i just believe it in submission of of him being the man the man jesus and being the christ at the same time i mean technically speaking god can't really you know separate himself from himself so I think it's more connotation and more an example. It's just like the Trinity. We really can't understand it, but it's more for us than it is for God. And so him emptying himself is more for us, you know, to understand that he laid down his authority and his power for a season to show that we can still walk this walk as a, as a man in the flesh because he did it likewise. That part I agree with. I, I don't think he gave up the fullness of his abilities. And so, um, or maybe at the baptism, something happened where he received them back. Uh, you know, one of the theological questions that we will not answer here today, because I don't want to hijack the room from the purpose. But one of the questions is, when did God start being God? You know, so was Jesus fully God at birth? <laughs> was Gugu Gaga, you know, six month old Jesus fully God and fully man? And so that's one of the questions that, you know, we can explore in a different room. But I, I would like to say that we have to understand um, submission. Now, I believe in radical submission, submission, not slavery. I said that already because I know where we're about to go in a minute. But I do believe in radical submission where if I'm able to know it's of God, why not go in that direction? If I know and, and you know, I'm actually struggling with this as a pastor and, you know, don't y'all beat me up. But people have come to me and know they belong at my church, but because they're air quotations submitted somewhere else, they will continue to sit there and do nothing <laughs> and then come to the church that they've been watching on Facebook, getting delivered, but won't come to because they can't do it because they're submitted somewhere else. And I think a lot of times what we do, and so I was using that uh, analogy or that scenario as a, as a catalyst, because that happens to others of us. People are looking at us. They know we have the word of life for them, but they're like, hmm, I, my grandmother got a pew named after her here, so I got to sit here. And if we're going to talk about prophetic submission, I have to submit to God and where God is leading me. And sometimes God is leading me out of the traditional, uh, you know, way of, of church. Sometimes he's submitting me out of the third generation Methodist, you know, whatever, whatever. And he's leading us into something fresh and new. And yes, it'll be a little scary, but that's a part of prophetic submission. So, Duran, I throw it back to you so that we can give it to the Amen. Uh, just very quickly, um, yeah. Uh, as you guys were talking about the submission part, and uh, as as well, making sure that we're submitted also to the authorities that God placed in the earth. Um, I just thought about when Jesus was twelve in the temple, and they came looking for him, and he said, uh, "Don't you know I need? I had to be about my father's business." And um, in this culture, long story short, we know that he would have been. Uh, a man in a, you know, but then the Bible says that after that, he went and submitted to them um, and listened to everything and did everything that they said. And and if you know, that's 18 years in between um, before we see him. And so even if we look at our, us in our modern culture where we, you know, typically uh, say that uh, a person is adult at 18, he submitted both 
in his culture and in a sense, you know, for every other culture. But the main the main thing. And so that's very important that we submit is uh, he submitted even as an adult is what I'm trying to say until it was really time for him to be to be pushed out. And then the last, the really thing I wanted to say is um, one of the things I, I really uh, teach the prophets. I, I weep a lot of times when I teach this part of it is I, I try to get the prophets to understand um that one of the main things of submission, learning how to submit to, is what I call the ministry of rejection. Um, <laughs> when prophets learn how to how to accept that rejection is going to be an earmark of their making, that uh, as a prophet, that you gonna that is going to be a major. You can't get around it. Um, and, and when you learn how to submit to it and not be offended because of what God allowed, blesses the man does not offend it because of me. That is your process. Trust that. Okay. For apostles, we 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 die. You know what I'm saying. And your form of dying is through rejection. And and the prophet, he was despised and rejected. Okay. Of all men. I mean, all the way up until death. That you know what I mean. Martyrdom. Um. And, and so I I just wanted to throw that in there is that is very important please ask god to to teach you and give you a, a real revelation of what rejection is to the ministry and the manifestation of the prophet because i'm telling you that's very go ahead amen this is such a good topic i'm so excited about this topic because one of the things that was impressed upon us by one of the leaders that i was under he wasn't my pastor, but I went to his church for years and got a lot of deliverance and training at his church because Apostle Eckhart was bringing teams down to Michigan in Detroit. And um, he preached character. He preached character. That's all he preached to us. It doesn't matter how good your gift is. It doesn't matter how great your gift is. He said your gift will take you there, but your character will keep you there. And so this is a part of that character. And this is the other part that I want to bring out because this is a very real part and it is and can be very dangerous if you are submitted up under a leader that is a bully, which I have been, a leader that is abusive, which I have been. And we have to also recognize the other stories in the Bible. David had to run for his life. I remember, um, man, this must have been about 18, 19 years ago. I was in a service and I was like, God, this is crazy what I'm going through. I don't understand this. And this is not fair. Everybody have wonderful leaders. They have spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers. And I'm a spiritual bastard. I just have a, a pastor. And even my pastors don't, they're attacking me. And I remember uh, prophetess Pam Kent came to Michigan and she prophesied over me and uh, everybody that was saying that I was a vagabond, not a vagabond, a church hopper or whatever, um, was there. And she released the word of the Lord that just like Saul and David, you had to run for your life. But one thing I can testify right now, and it is written in heaven, is that I never left on my own volition. I never ran. Because of what was happening to me, I stayed there, like the man of God said, and I took it and I dealt with it. And I want to say that there are times when you are abused. I was just watching a show, if I could say this, where a man, this is in the natural, I just watched it. I like history and I like crime shows. 
a man killed 19 of his family members. His wife submitted to him to the point where he had a love affair with his oldest daughter and birthed a child by her. And everybody in the house had to deal with it. And when she finally got married and had two babies by another husband, he killed everybody. He killed her. He killed the wife. He killed the daughter. He killed his granddaughter and daughter. He killed the new husband. He killed his son and his son's wife and their children. He killed all 19 family members. And so there is another side of this where we do have leaders. Some of them aren't even called. Like my pastor, Apostle Harvey Hester, would say, they just think this is an easy career where they can make money. And you will find, and then there, there are leaders who are called. I just have to say this because I wrote the book, Church Hurts, why it had to happen. It had to happen for a reason. But there are leaders who are called, whose character have not been dealt with, and they have their own uh, insufficiencies. They have their own unresolved issues. They are jealous. And so there is a flip side for anybody in the audience that's being abused. One of the things I would say is, first of all, God is the one that chooses your leader. If you let God choose who you're supposed to be under, you will be okay. Even if your leader is abusive, God chose my leaders on purpose because everything that I learned, I needed to learn. And there were some things in me. I don't think they heard you. You got to run that back. (laughs) Oh, yeah. God, God told Moses, go get Joshua. See, God told Moses, go get 70 elders. Elijah said, I'm done with this. I'm ready to go. Take me out of here. He said, okay, go get Elisha and Jehu. God told Elijah, Elisha, get Gehazi and train him. Even though he was rebellious and he was sneaky and greedy, still God chose. To this day, my last leader, Apostle Harvey Hester, who I'm still up under right now, I, I was with him for 14 years after going through abusive situations with leaders. But every leader, I learned something. And the most important thing I learned was how to surrender, submit and die. And that is what how I got raised up so quickly. But I was with Apostle Harvey Hester for 14 years. Now God has brought me to Ohio. And I'm telling you, the leader that I'm under now, the person that he wants, I'm like, God, do you see his reputation? He's amazing. He's very anointed, but his reputation ain't the greatest, but that doesn't matter. There's something within his spiritual DNA that God wants me to get. My, I, I was under my apostle and my bishop. My bishop just died four weeks ago. I went to Bible school up under him and he licensed and ordained me before I met Apostle Harvey Hester. So I was with him 17 years. And when he died, I thought, God, who is going to stand for me? If I have any problems, like I actually had a couple of problems and I had to call my bishop into a meeting. I had a couple of problems. I had to call Apostle Harvey Hester into a meeting and they could vouch for my character that I am a submitted person. And that, and they, you know, but I thought, God, he has died now. And if you take Apostle Harvey Hester, who will vouch? But God has already made a replacement. But it's not the person I picked. This person that he is, has me with right now in Ohio, I mean, he's calling me. He's grooming me. He's, te- you know, trying to bring me up under his wing. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. 
but this is who God has selected. So I just want to say, I just wanted to bring a balance that this is one of the things you can do if you're in a situation where you're being uh, spiritually abused, because it is real. Spiritual abuse is very real. I thank God for Prophet Sonia's testimony. She was very liberal and very honest. She said they used to kiss her bishop's ring. What kind of foolishness is this? God is the only God that we worship. But there are people out there who do things like this. One of the things I would say that you can do, because I brought this up, that there is a real, very real spiritual abuse. There's women that I know who've come to me for therapy who've had sex with pastors because the pastor has seduced them. One of the things you can do, the Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counsel. And I'm not talking about go to your girlfriend. That ain't no counsel. You go to somebody that's wiser than you and that, as as the men and women of God on the stage is saying, that already have a reputation in the kingdom. Like my bishop, he was already flowing in ministry when I was in my diapers. Apostle Harvey Hester was flowing in ministry when I was in elementary school. So you have to go to someone that's wiser than you and that has more experience than you and you talk to them. And you ask them, what should I do? I feel as if I am being spiritually abused. And then they will give you some wise counsel, which always should be go to the father. My last pastor, before I got to my bit, uh, to Apostle Harvey Hester, and I'll say this and then I'll be quiet. He would bully me so much. Like I would have speaking engagements and I would tell him about the engagement. He said, well, they got to write me a letter. Okay, they write the letter. And then when I go on TV, he would rebuke me. Well, you didn't tell me you were going on TV. Well, you told me to have them write the letter. Yeah, but you got to remind me every week. Remind me every day until the day you do it. Just foolish stuff like that. You pray for somebody. Well, you ordain me as a leader and you're, well, you got to get my permission to pray for them. Just bully me over dumb stuff, okay? One time he told me, don't, home, don't go home and cry after he had did something very foul to me. And this is what I did. I said, Father, it's been five years. What do you want me to do? Should I stay or should I go? And the Lord, I went on a 90-day fast because I didn't hear anything. When I say 90 days, I consecrated for three months. And the Lord didn't release me until my husband came to me. He said, I had two dreams that I fought the pastor. My husband wasn't already saved. I was like, uh, bro, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't fight the pastor now. You can't do that. And so that was my answer. And a couple of years after that, the Lord led me. I already was under the bishop, but then he led me to Apostle Harvey Hester. And I was able to submit under Apostle Harvey Hester because he was a man of identity. He wasn't uh, jealous of anybody, and his anointing was to release and launch ministry gifts into their ministry. So I just wanted to say there is a balance. Don't lose yourself. Don't lose your identity. And definitely, if you're being abused, that is not the will of God. And we echo, abuse is not the will of God. Rodney, I don't know if you're able to speak, but I do want to ask you and um, the rest of the panel, but especially you, what does healthy submission look like? 
I don't know if he's still there. Uh, Pop- yes, sir, I'm still here. And I want to tap into... Hold on, let him go um, first. I am, I am. I'm just saying, I don't know if you're trying to change the, the, the lane of the conversation. So I'm asking you, because I wanted to tap into what Dr. Downer said, or are we going back and forth? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah we're going back and forth, yeah. Oh. I just wanted to mix this conversation, because, you know, us six will just do it without uh, <laughs> remembering others are here. So go ahead, Rodney. Uh, what is healthy submission? Uh, blessings to you all. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, Prophet Stefan, uh, to come on and speak. Um, such a great conversation so far. You know, I think healthy <clears throat> submission is just to echo what uh, Dr. Downer said. Uh, it's not always going to be comfortable, but it is for your making. And so I, I can't remember who said it earlier. I think it was um, Prophet Darren that said, Um, get familiar with rejection. Uh, Sometimes when you are submitted to a leader, that leader will show you uh, things that you, that you will begin to go through later on in life. So I know for me, uh, my leader that I'm submitted to has been dealing with certain things that I would soon come and deal with. And so sometimes it may not be comfortable to be submitted to the person that you're with, but it is for your making. I also wanted to put a point um, that when you are submitted to someone, it brings you access to your next level of honor. Uh, we talked about tracing where you come from. We talked about tracing your lineage, but honor is put on you through submission. I really believe that. I feel like honor is put on your shoulders through submission. If you can't submit to a man or woman of God that is leading you, that is called, that you are called to, you are not able to receive the next level of honor. You are operating uh, in, in a counterfeit type of a way. And so I think healthy submission isn't always, number one, uh, comfortable, but it is for your making. And you must be able to receive the honor that you um that you need to move forward in your ministry, in your life, you have to have honor on your shoulders. I'm Prophet Rodney, and I yield. I love it. All right, so that's going to move us right over into Sonia's comments. Um, And as we move over in that direction, I also want to let the audience know that hand raising is now open. So anybody who wants to bring a comment or a question or a concern or anything of that nature on topic to the stage, you can do so now. So just raise your hands, and my moderators will begin to bring you up. Go ahead. I'm a doctor now. All right. I receive it. (laughs) Well, you know, I I love the fact that uh, Dr. Downer did talk about the opposite spectrum because um, we we do see abuse in the church. And a lot of times, um, you know, I, I may I may get myself in a little trouble here, but the Catholic Church has influenced the American church in so many ways and we get a lot of our practices our hierarchical um autocratic leadership and rulership and when dr downer talked about kissing another ring now i i I want to clarify i haven't kissed a ring but it was it was part of the tradition that my husband and i was were about to submit ourselves in and that was kind of the 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 um, that was the last straw for us because it was just too much um, worship of men and and uh, men abusing and more 
tithing up and giving into them and not them giving into their children and helping us to plan a church. We the ones needed the money, but we had to give all these. And I'm not against, don't get me wrong, because I do believe in uh, sowing and giving to your leaders. That's not what I'm saying. But when it becomes abusive and excessive and you're doing it and you don't see a reciprocal thing, then to me it's out of order because I believe like a real mom and dad, like with my children, I sow into them and I, I'm giving into them so that they can be all that God wants them to be. And I feel as spiritual parents, we should do the same. And I do the same with my spiritual sons and daughters. So the abuse um, that we see, we really have to be discerning and we have to know where healthy and good leadership is and submit ourselves under that. And I understand what Dr. Downer is saying as well because all of us probably on this stage can attest to being under leadership that was not as healthy if it, as it should have been. And we learned and we grew from that. And even ourselves, as we have grown in our uh, walk and our identity and our purpose. So, um, but I just, I just think even as we continue to move forward in the church, we, see still a little bit of that Catholicism that is still, and I don't mean to say a little bit, it's still entrenched in the black church. And, and it has, it has been to our hindrance in the sense that um, we get so caught up in the titles and the form and the pump and the circumstance and even you know, the penance, we don't call it penance, but we're still doing things of that nature as well. And we begin to stifle the growth of the people that we're supposed to be leading and helping to grow and become all that they're supposed to be. Because submission to me is easy when it comes from a place of love. When I know someone is loving me and leading me and helping me and even love that rebukes, because love doesn't mean I don't always, I'm not always giving to my children. I correct them too. But when it's coming from a place of love, I can receive it. I may, I may, you know, be a little defensive because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of those, you know, where, you know, I had to, God had to humble me because I'm like, uh, you know, thinking I know it all. So, you know, so to speak or whatever. And God had to humble me, but because my leaders were loving me and they were graciously, um, dealing with things in my life and helping me to walk through things, I could easily submit to them and so i think that's vitally important as well and i'll just land right there and i'm sonia and i'm done speaking and not to be that person um because i'm i in, in my younger years i was super anti-catholic and i was on the whore of babylon train and you know but there are some things that are redeemable about the catholic church because that is our history um and you know we have to understand that that is a part of our history However, um, the high exaltation of man is something that we should never um, bring into a part of our personal life, whether, you know, we Pentecostal, whether we apostolic, whether we prophets, whether we pure warmers. One of the things that we should never bring into um, our, I want to say, sector would be idol worship. And, and that's what it turns into. And so we have to be very careful. Um, I've seen people where my bishop has literally stopped them but they've come from different contexts where they would bow in front of him. And he'd be like, uh-uh, don't bow in front of me. Stop that. No, no, no. 
Um, I've been an adjutant general, so I think Lonnie and a few others might know what that means. And so I've been a part of the bishop's consecrations. And so I've seen the kissing of the robe of the ring. I'm sorry, the kissing of the ring. I've seen the pulling of the tippet. Um, I got my garb sitting right next to me. So, you know, um, I, I can I can do it in any sector you want to do it in. But we have to remember that there is um, only one who is deserving of worship and his, his name is Jesus Christ. And so I think um, I'm going to land there. But I think we have to just be very, very, very mindful of that. Um, once again, hand raising is on. So. Uh, you can raise your hands and we're going to start getting to that. We're going to close hand raising because, you know, the stage is a little bigger than I normally do. Um, uh, Prophet Lonnie, are you trying to tap in yeah. or are you just. I was I was agreeing with you. And also something that you had made mention of, if I may, I don't want to mutilate uh, protocol. Uh, one of the things that uh, when you just mentioned about the garb, uh, that's a gentleman. He's going on to be with the uh, Lord. His name is Apostle Richard Daniel Hinton. And he uh, really was a gatekeeper for the city of Chicago. And his uh, the flock began to grow, began to get big. And, you know, he began to become a household name. And and the people began to idolize him. Now, this come from a trusted uh, vessel. My mom and my dad, they used to go there. Apostle Hinton got up. Now, this is what quality leadership does. He got up and told his people, don't idolize me, he said, because God will kill me. God will remove me. My job is to keep you attached to Christ so I can accept the fact that you all reverence me. You're honoring me. But he told them on a public forum on back then it was TV 38, I believe it was. And he told the people, the local assembly and the nation, don't idolize me. And the reason why I'm saying that is, is because sometimes we can slip into that point, into that place where you end up missing God because you're so attracted to the person. And when you're so attracted to the person, you got to remember, realize that that person is still wrapped in humanity. He's still or she's still wrapped in humanity. First Samuel chapter number three gives strength to what I'm about to say, that the Bible says that Eli's eyes were begin to dim. So that means something is leaving, but yet he had enough uh, in him to instruct Samuel. The next time you hear that, you say, yes, Lord. So I've been preached to by many, but only pastored by three. And all of those people, they had flaws in them. And they reminded us over and over again, do not be attracted to me, the person. Stay attached to the cross. The more you stay connected to the uh, God of our salvation, you will see that I want to be more like Christ and not like your pastor and not like your preacher. And one of the last things I want to insert before we get to those who have their hands raised. And Alishama, um, I believe everybody's probably tried to bring you up, so you may want to lower your hand and bring it back up if you're trying to come on stage. We're not Yeah, Alishama, you. you we honor you. I invited you. No, oh, there we go. I'm here. And I'm then, sorry. No problem. I just wanted to make sure that you didn't get stuck in the queue because in a moment we're going to turn hand raising off so that we can get to everybody in a timely manner. Uh, one of the things that I did want to submit also, and it's leaving me, yep, it's leaving Da, 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 da. One of the things that I wanted to submit, oh, is we've been talking about unhealthy um, submission, unhealthy submission. That's been a nice chunk of it. 
But I want us to also understand that that looks different from place to place, because I think sometimes we always just jump to abuse when we have conversations like this. And if you've been a part of the prophetic hub, um, like my moderators have, we've we've had this conversation several different ways. But what I want to say is a lot of times people are not mentally healthy. Um, I'm dealing with a pastor right now that's just in a bad headspace. And so the decisions and the preaching and the so on and so forth is not going to come from the most healthy place, no matter you know, God will cloak him or her. God will cover him or her. But I really want to submit that we have to begin to now have healthy dialogues. I thank God for the few people that I can call and just be me. Um, and me, <laughs> sometimes is a little different than the prophet. <laughs> um, I have a friend who can call me and cry. Like, I've never heard that person cry up until that day. And they cried and cried. And I was like, wow, they trust me. But they needed someone that they can confide in. And I'm going to say something a little more controversial, I guess, because I'm not married. I can say it. But there are times where you can't even um, confide in your spouse about certain things that are going on ministry wise or certain things that God is. I, I know that that's, you know, uh, a little taboo, but we have to begin to now understand that if we're not healthy, we're not going to make decisions from a healthy place. So I know some people who just ordain like crazy, but it's because it's unhealthy. There's something unhealthy there. And so sometimes when we talk about unhealthiness, it's not abuse, but it's somebody pushing you before your time. It's somebody always, um, you know, promoting you. We don't like that side. I ain't got no double taps on the mic there. Uh, you know that you shouldn't be an apostle already, but that leader wasn't in a healthy space, a healthy place in their mind, in their will. And so they just wanted to, you know, um, a lot of times I get, because I've worked close with leaders, um, not just in my local church, but, you know, throughout my, you know, little career here um, in the church world. And so what I was able to see is that when preachers think they're going to die, they don't do rational things. And so they'll start making children pastors and, you know, they'll do all of these crazy things because they're not healthy. And so when we talk about unhealthy submission, we have to make sure that we don't, you know, I remember um, when, um, somebody I know, I'll say it that way, was up for an ordination or promotion, whatever you want to call it. And they said no, because they knew their leader wasn't doing it in the most healthy manner. And so they didn't want to bring reproach against that leader by accepting that. And so we have to always look at it from also that side, uh, because I know I have counselors and clinical therapists here listening to us. And so there is another side to this, that sometimes it's not abuse. It's just that that person's not in a good place in their marriage. That person's just not a good place in their ministry. You know, I could only imagine what it would be to be Noah and sit there and, and y'all, everybody's like, oh, Noah had a, a pastor people. Well, Noah only pastored his family. And that, that, that sometimes those are the roughest folk. And so now we see him getting drunk. <laughs> and so I think we have to say, was he healthy? And he wasn't. And so the decisions that he then made because he wasn't healthy, because he was he was stuck on a uh, ark with animals and dealing with all of that and all of the family drama, it put him in an unhealthy place. And I think we have to begin to look at leaders and say, hold up, wait, my leader isn't healthy. God, what can I do? Can I pray for them? Is there something, a word of encouragement or something of that nature? Because a lot of times, we, we just think that everybody has it together and they don't. So that was my spiel for people to love and support their leaders. <laughs> um, go ahead, Denise. And then after Denise, I'm going to go to those uh, who raised their hand. So we're going to go to Ramona um, after Denise. And if you have a question, Ramona, you say my question is. If you have a comment, you say my comment is. And then you're free to flow. Um, and we'll give you about two minutes to just let your piece out. Uh, OK, I'll be very brief. Um the kingdom of God is a, a is one of order, and the enemy knows the order. I believe um, healthy submission 
and um, levels of submission will, will cause you to be properly covered. And it gives you the ability and a grace to move and operate in, in areas where you normally wouldn't flow in. Me being submitted um, over, under, for over 20 years, um, the, the healthy submission is this. It's like, it's a balance. It's a balance. I, I'm, you know, with my leader, with Apostle John Eckhart, I never known him to be controlling. I never known him um, to be abusive. That's all I know him as, as to be a loving father. You know, just, just behind the scenes, the stuff that he does and different things that he does for so many people, you know, and then sometimes it's a, um, it's a rebuke. I mean, many times he didn't tell me to back off, daughter. Don't, don't call me. Just back off. And then, then sometimes just send me my whole family to Disney, just everything prepaid. So it's like, I, um, the level of a healthy submission, it's like, it's a healthy balance. It's not going to always be good. It's not going to always be bad, but you know, I, I just love the perks of it. You know, when he brought me a brand new car, I mean, just, it's a healthy balance, you know? So I'm just so grateful for, um, I'm so grateful to be submitted of, of a healthy leader and it's a healthy relationship and it's a great submission. So that's what I wanted to add. You mean tell me he bought you a car and you didn't have to buy him one? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I was about to say the same thing. What, what's his phone it. number? I love <laughs> it. She must've been the top tither in the church. No, I'm just a submitted daughter. But because I, I see that we're attracting the attention of others, I want to say that there is good that happens in the church. And we don't like to admit it on this app. We don't like to talk about the good that happens in the church. She just said her leader bought her a vehicle because he saw her need. I was in one room. I just left. Um, I didn't even stay for more than two seconds because they keep thinking that every church gets millions of dollars. My church in four years has yet to see, <laughs> has yet to see a quarter of a million <laughs> of dollars. And, you know, it's like, oh, the church got all this money. And a lot of times it doesn't. And so when someone does something like that, we need to highlight it. But what we do is we take the position and I'm not talking to us on stage. I'm really talking to a, a specific group. But what happens is we take the position. Oh, that's what the church should be doing. And honestly, they, the church does not have to, but when the church does, that is beautiful. And we should honor churches and leaders who use finances correctly. When's the last time we had a room talking about this church has stayed out of debt for the last 25 years? We don't do stuff like that. And so we need to begin to exalt these type of things because what happens is the narrative is, oh, look, the church is wasting money. Oh, look, the church is doing this. Yeah, he bought a new car, but he also bought somebody in his church cars. You see what I'm saying? He made sure that his leaders were able to be have transportation. And we don't ever talk about stuff like that. But I'm going to leave it alone because that's one of my things. I am a defense for the church. I know some people don't believe in the church and da-da-da-da-da, organized religion. But I am a defense for the church. I believe in the church. And the church wasn't my idea. And the church wasn't organized by me. Let me say it. I don't know who I'm coming against, but I'm coming against it today. Uh, but the church was God's idea. And he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so if you're not in church, you should be because then you have a guarantee that hell won't prevail against you. All right, I'm done. Um, Ramona, go ahead. I was just going to say wherever the real is, you also have the false. And so just into uh, just give a uh, affirmation to what you're saying, Prophet Stefan, we do have to. Uh, you know, give affirm the church because there is there is a lot of people in the church that are doing a lot of positive things, and we can't just put the band aid of the badge of 
negativity on it and just uh, put it uh, a broad stroke over the entire church. So thank you. Ramona, the microphone is yours. Well, good evening. Thank you for allowing me to come up and um, blessings to everyone in their perspective places. Um, I don't even know where to start and I'm getting emotional. Um, I really just came up for some advice on how to handle um, a situation um, at the ministry that I am currently in. Um, I've been there uh, for about eight years or so. Um, I am in multiple uh, capacities, praise team, choir, um, um, <laughs> intercessor. Uh, so I, I do many, many things there, uh, minister. And so um, I've just, over the last year or so, I've been dealing with um, some things from my leaders that well, one particular leader, um, you know, saying things to me, um, you know, from the pulpit or that's condescending. Um, and I, I I do, I know that I'm a realist. I know that I'm a submitted daughter. I know that I do know how to handle um, rebuke. Um, but when it's consistent and it's done in public and in a way that isn't in a loving manner, um, it becomes a bit much. And so um, I can honestly say that I have prayed about this. Um, God has not instructed me to leave. So um, I am not leaving. I won't do so because of the situation. Um, and I won't let my emotions and my feelings get in the way. Um, but I can definitely say that it has become a bit difficult. And I have found myself to have to pray into fast regarding my heart and the matters of my heart. And it has definitely been challenging and it just seems like one thing after the other. And it is publicly, it is in front of people to the point of embarrassment. And so um, I scheduled um, to meet with him um week before but due to things coming up in my schedule or his schedule we could not meet and so it's almost to the point that I'm a bit fearful um to have the conversation um but I know that it is needed and I know that it is necessary um so maybe if some of you just can give me advice on how to handle it how to go forth um, cause I'm, I'm just stuck. I don't, I don't really know what to do, but I don't want to act out of my flesh and I don't want to react out of a hurt place either. Amen. Um, I'm going to actually refer you to one-on-one, um, and I'm going to ask which one of my moderators in the back channel want to take it only because I think the advice that has already been given is very good advice thus far. So you've already said that you're meeting. You already talked to God and you haven't gotten a release. And so I think it's more so you're kind of looking for some next steps. One of the things I will say is the Bible says guard your heart with all diligence. So guard your heart. But I'm also, oh, there you go. But I'm also going to um, refer you to one one-on-one uh, -on -one with one of um, my moderators here. Is that okay? 
Okay. So um, either they'll reach out or you'll see me reach out. Just check your back channel um, and I'll let you know who it is and we'll go from there. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Stefan, you, yes. I don't know who you're going to refer her to, but you definitely, I'm going to insert myself. I'm a licensed therapist by trade, not like from just the church. Although I do have a counseling anointing. I went to school and got my master's degree and I'm going to tell you, this creates trauma and also PTSD. You will have post-traumatic stress behind this. And so you're welcome to reach out to me and I would definitely just pray with you. I am a woman of submission. I believe in submission. I don't believe in running from nothing because it may be something that God wants to teach you or the, the Lord told me like this, it may be something that God wants to get out of you or something that he wants to get in you. So it may be something supernaturally that God is trying to put in you where you'll be able to defeat the enemy because you'll have this key and you earned the key. And so, or you earned levels of authority. God says, study to show thyself approved. This is something that you can study. And if God's approval comes on you, then you will be able to defeat the enemy. You'll have a grace and an anointing in this area. So I can't say stay or leave, but what I can do is help you work through your psyche and your emotional and your mental behind what's happening. And I was sensing more so that's what was needed. I didn't want to say it out loud, but thank you, Dr. Downer. <laughs> um, and so there you go, Denise. The connection has been made um, with you and Dr. Downer. So you guys can connect offline. She has um, Instagram and you guys both have back channels. Um, and so you guys can reach out. So I don't even have the back channel. Um, that's the connection right there. I said Denise. I meant Ramona. I'm looking at Denise, but Ramona. So that's the connection right there, Ramona and Dr. Downer. So um, go ahead and connect with each other. You both have, well, I know Dr. Downer has Instagram. And um, she also has a back channel that you can reach out to her. And so um, I think that's a very good um, connection for you. All right. You're more than welcome. Yeah, because I hear the sincerity, so I didn't want to go too much because, you know, some stuff on Clubhouse isn't just um, advice. It can be kind of exploiting. And so I'm not into that because when people are very vulnerable, we have to make sure that we handle them. So some stuff, you know, um, we want to just, you know, be wise with. Uh, as we continue to move, Giselle, if you have a question, my question is. And if you have a comment, my comment is. Good evening, everybody, giving honor to God and everyone in their respective places. My comment is um, I wanted to just give uh, three things and I love your forum. I do. I learned so much from each and every one of you and I appreciate all that you provide all the knowledge and wisdom is wonderful but i did want to give some tool tips that i've learned i am a bond servant to christ jesus i've been saved for about 23 years of my my time and so i just there's some three things that i've learned because i i love to submit i'm prior military and so and i came from my my stepfather is was a uh um, special forces army. My father's a Marine. And so I come from a lineage of people that are taught to submit, obey, right? And so I want to give some tools about submission. And one is I no longer lose my identity 
in submission. Don't lose who God created you to be is my encouragement when you're submitting. If you start to lose your identity, something is off, okay? And so then the second thing is to encourage somebody because I, I heard Dr. D, she, I love her to death. But I, I wanted to say, uh, when you are in a control environment, when you are in a control environment, I am a uh, 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 abuse uh, wife. I was abused at a time. I had to run for my life and get a restraint on. So I know abuse and I know sometimes it follows you. And so I want to say when you are in a controlled environment, it's really hard to hear the voice of the Lord. So please make sure you're soaking yourself in prayer. Uh, the, the spirit of control likes to clog your hearing. Okay. And so make sure, you know, you know, make sure you have good people around you that you can be uh, transparent with, but the spirit of control does clog your hearing. And then the third thing, and I'll uh, yield my mic. Uh, when when it comes to submission, you know, it takes a while when you're a babe in Christ, but when you are mature, you you ha you have purpose. You already know the purpose that God has instructed you. He's giving you vision. He's giving you dream. And anything that takes you off course of that purpose then you're not really submitting uh, it's it's out of out of out of balance and so make sure that who you're submitting to is is, is a is a direct link to your purpose i didn't say calling i didn't say calling i didn't say your gifts i said purpose and so i just wanted to uh, give those tools that i've learned through throughout my uh, uh, time with God and my and, and my consecration to God, having to break that spirit of abuse and seeing what healthy submission. And I, I do have a pastor. I do have shepherds that I love and they love me and they allow me to flow freely. So I just want to make sure everybody is clear on that. And I yield my mic. Thank you for the opportunity to speak on your platform. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, woman of God. I felt that. I love it. Um, Alishima, I'm going to go to you next. So any comment or uh, question, you can go ahead. Uh, yes, God bless you, man of God. Um, God bless everybody who is on the, on the stage. Thank you for allowing uh, me to speak. Um, I love what the woman of God just said as far as um, knowing that you're yielding your your purpose, you, you yield in your purpose and the person who you are yielding under is able to lead you to your purpose and not um, your gifting. And so I was uh, in a spiritually abusive uh, uh, ministry at some point. Um, and I spoke to my spiritual father at, the, at this time, which is Apostle John Eckhart. Um, I needed some advice because I didn't know what to do. I was feeling dry and drained and burned out. And I'm like, Lord, I feel like I'm dying spiritually. Who do I need to contact? Who do I need to talk to, to get some advice? And, um, I called, I called, I contacted him and he didn't leave me bleeding. He didn't leave me drowning. He gave me advice. I was humble enough. Um, as we were talking about earlier, um, on knowing, understanding your assignment um, with uh, prophetess uh, Sandy Norman. And when, when, when you're humble enough to ask for advice as the other woman of God did, she needed advice, you know, um, 
There are people who are willing to help you. Okay, how may I help you? You know, while I'm doing my father's business, how can I help you? But um, I'm I, I'm not getting on here to say that. But it just uh, when I submitted myself and I asked Apostle John for for advice, I ran for my life from that ministry. I had to pray myself through, pray myself out, and then when I got to the other ministry under the apostolic leadership of of Larry Fisher, I. I had to let them love me out of it instead of having my blockers up because when you deal with that abuse, you have so many blockers, so many walls uh, that you can't, yes, and abuse does block your hearing. You can't really see, you can't really hear. Even when someone is talking to you in love, someone is uh, trying to love on you, you don't you don't receive it. And the spirit of rejection creeps in. And the spirit of rejection creeps in and uh, makes you um, believe that everybody is against you. You're looking at people side at from the leadership on down. You know, they're trying to get close to you. Like, what do you want? Why are you trying to get close to me? But you got to pray yourself out of out of even that thought process. Yes, still guard your heart with all diligence, but still letting God lead and guide, uh, guide you guide me through uh, the process of healing from spiritual ab abuse. And I dealt with natural abuse too. So it all, it the, all came into play of, of, of not uh, um, really being able to receive love for real until I got healed more, healed more whole being made whole in that area because when the leader apostle fisher and uh, uh they tried to tell me something you know i'm i'm in myself in my feelings wanting to go off and all of that stuff but god had to speak to me and tell me to listen with the love of god listen with my spiritual ears turn on my spiritual antennas and really hear what they trying to say to me and when I heard, when they, you know, were bringing correction, because at first I wasn't able to re receive the correction with the thing that they were talking to me about, because sometimes we need correction on the stuff that we posting on social media or whatever it is that we doing. But I, I didn't have my receptors on to receive uh, in love. But after I sat down, they talked to me, they still loved on me, still do today, and dote on me and my husband, we um, um, are able to walk in love, walk in our assignments and not just our giftings because my gifts were just being utilized in that ministry and and I was drowning spiritually. But I thank God for redemption. I thank God for healing. I thank God for deliverance, you know, and for humility, growing in humility, growing in love and growing in um, 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 even in correction, because if you can receive correction, you can receive love. God chases those who he loves. So if he gave you a leader after his own heart, God is going to send that, have that leader to speak to you directly in love. And you'll be able to grow from there. So I, I pray that this was a great addition to the, this uh, uh, platform. Thank you again for allowing me to speak. My name is Elishima and I yield my Alishima, you tapped on something that I want to bring out because a lot of times what happens is after being in an abusive relationship, we can't handle correction. And so one of the skills, I'm going to call it a life skill, 
um, a prophetic life skill. That's what I'm going to call it, Rodney, a prophetic life skill that we have to have is even after abuse, being able to still handle correction properly. Um, because I've seen so many people who, once they've been hurt, can't nobody tell me nothing. Um, I'm dealing with somebody right now. God said I'm a prophet. Well, then you go out there and go get beat up by Jezebel. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. But they're viewing me through the lens of the last two leaders that were um, not the best, you know. And and I believe one thing that uh, Archbishop Ron Ash, I loved him so much, Joel. Archbishop Ron Ash said is when we receive the mantle, we receive the anointing, but not the hang up. And a lot of times God leaves us in those situations because a mantle, and I know y'all don't like to talk about mantles. Some people say it's old technology, but in a mantle or an anointing is passed and we get that thing uncut because we stayed and we served. And so where the other person was nasty, we don't get the transfer of the nastiness, but we get the transfer of operating in signs, wonders and miracles like that person has. Um, I'm going to leave it there because, you know, time is moving. But um, I, that that's one of the you tapping on something very good there. And that was great. So I think also in all of that, uh, all of this, we have to make sure that we don't now view correction because we will need correction, but we don't view it through the lens of abuse or or um, let it be a trigger point for us. And so I'm going to leave that there. Um, but thank you so much for that addition. Um, everybody, go ahead and follow the moderators, because some of you uh, we want to talk to after this moment and we won't be able to if you're not following us um the way we want to do it so um follow 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 some people are talking to me in the back channel um thank you for having this on replay looking forward to hearing this again uh when are you having any classes coming up okay so <laughs> uh, i guess it's personal questions but yes um let's move on and let's go to angetina Almost, Anjanita. Uh, Anjanita. See, uh, once I seen that eye peek up, I said, I, I got it, but I ain't got it. Okay, Anjanita, go ahead. My comment is. Well, my I came is, in in the middle of this conversation, then I was pulled up to the stage. So from what I'm getting is the submission of the church. Um, I'm just going to speak on myself. As a kid, I grew up in a church. Um, I hate to say non-traditionally, but I grew up in a neighborhood that was predominantly white at first. And then it went predominantly black as I was growing up. Um, so I didn't understand the shouting and uh, crying and none of that when I started going to churches with my friends. Um, so as I grew older, my love for the church got stronger. So submission was something I wanted. I wanted to be like the person on there. And then when I started listening to what they said was people doing a prophecy, I wanted to know why. So the curiosity got to me. So, yes, um, then you get the spiritual and I hate to say the word church hurt because every church can't hurt you. And I had to learn that you can't you can't be in one space too long because if he tells you to move, you have to move. So you have to be obedient. So that's the submission right there to listen to what he says do. But you get comfortable, then you get mad because you're in somewhere that you're not supposed to be. So you want to yell and I heard people say, you in the lion's den. No, I'm not. I need to move. And it's time for me to go because he told me to leave. So, you know, he'll cover you, but the submission of it. So as I hear the women say, they've been abused and my heart just started praying for them. Um, but we have to stop looking through the lens of the last person 
whether it was the pastor or the abuser and realize the person that's coming to us now we have to give them a fresh start we have to open our eyes and be on a playing ground that's basically uh, an open field you can't hold that last person uh accountable for the person that's in front of you now that's trying to help you so like you said i've heard people say oh i'm a prophet and i'm looking like how how you become a prophet um I'm an evangelist by ordination, but I hear many people in the church tell me I'm a prophet. I don't go around and tell people that. I don't say anything on that level because that's not where I was called to talk about at that time. So if I am, then I'll wait till it's my turn to stand in front of the whoever to give me that, that proper title. But at this point, I consider myself a person of, of the church who just serves God. So as I'm listening, it, this is very, 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 very good because I didn't know what I was walking into, but I actually like the title of it. So I'm just, you know, learning that to submit in the church, which is what I love. Um, I'm learning that it's going to be a lot of hills and valleys and peaks that I'm going to have to climb, go down, sit still and be be done and do what he says, because you have to trust the process. So with that being said, I'm going to mute my mic. Amen. We thank you so much for that addition. She got a call already. Um, and then I'm going to move right over to Tracy um, because I know you got something to say, woman of God. So go ahead. Don't treat me like that, Prophet Stefan. <laughs> God bless you so much. Blessings to everyone on the stage. Um, <clears throat> I actually wanted to I have a comment regarding something that you said. Um, I just wanted to kind of touch on the term church hurt really quickly. <clears throat> Having served as a chief adjutant in my local assembly some years, my former local assembly some years ago, as a married woman to a male pastor, um, I experienced some hurt and my husband decided, not me, my husband decided it was time to go. And I didn't do church for about six years. And so I don't, but I don't consider it church hurt because I don't think there's such a thing. I think the church is too vast. The church is too wide. Um, it, it, the church herself is perfect in her design and her operation. It is people in the church who hurt me. And so I always keep that in mind. It's not the church. It is people in the church. But you, uh, you said something about as a spouse, uh, sometimes you have to, keep certain things confidential, even from your spouse. And having been involved in both healthy and unhealthy submission, <clears throat> again, as a married woman, been married for um, 35 years, I think when we talk about, and having served in a position that requires healthy submission, I still do the same today. We gotta talk about healthy marriages. And I agree that there are times when as a spouse, we have to remain confidential and not share certain things with our spouses but there needs to be an agreement between those that the, that pair, that couple. Uh, now, my husband was was cool with me not sharing some things. There have been times when I had to leave my house, our house, at one, two o'clock in the morning on a confidential assignment, and my husband was okay with that. But we discussed those things ahead of time. So I think that that conversation needs to be had beforehand as much as possible, because no work of ministry, no work of ministry, should ever come before your spouse. God, yes, but no work of ministry should ever come before your spouse. And again, I believe in submission. I believe in healthy submission. I, I submit to my former pastor. I submit to my current pastors. But healthy submission says that the man of God should never come before your man of God. It's virtual adultery. 
Thank you for the opportunity, Prophet Stefan, and I yield. Ooh, I told you she had something to say. <laughs> How many of us are committing that form of adultery? Um, and, and that's, you know, for the single women or the women who are unequally married but are married. Um, a lot of times that's what happens. And then the man don't want to come to church because he like, you know, especially those who go to charismatic churches. I'm going to say that and leave it alone and because I've seen it firsthand. And so when the pastor comes, you stand up. When the pastor says something, you say amen, you clap, he gets a response out of you. And men are men, so just know that. And then your husband, he'll wow you, dine you, and you won't even say thank you. And he's like, hold on, wait, what's going on? And then, like was said, you know, it's always pastor needs this, pastor needs that. I think that's why that that old school model of the, uh, the church nurse went away, because it kind of didn't look too right. Um, but I'll leave that alone. And so... We're moving and we're making good time um, to end this room at a appropriate moment. I think the wrong left. OK, um, at an appropriate moment. But I think we've set up some good, good, good groundwork. So um, I'm leaning over into your territory, Apostle Joel. So hopefully you got my text message because I'm going to pass the mic to you now and I'm going to let you take it from here, sir. I think he's reading my text message right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I, you was picking it up in the realm of the spirit. <laughs> that's exactly what I was doing. I was reading the 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 um <laughs> the text that you sent me. But yeah, I think um and and it's interesting that you text me that because I was thinking about that healthy submission. And, you know, when we when we're talking about healthy submission in the church, one of the, the, the scriptures that come to mind for me is in first Peter. I, I believe it's first Peter five, five, where it talks about um, submission um, to the elders and things like that. But but then it says, yes, all of you be submissive to one another clothed with humility. And and I think that as as leaders, um, sometimes that is thrown out the window because it becomes everybody has to submit to me um, and I'm only submitting up. I'm only submitting up. Right. Um, if the, <laughs> if there's somebody that I feel is more important to me or maybe even my spiritual father or mom or whatever. But 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 we have to get to the point where we understand the the honor that surrounds um submission and be submitted one to another um and so because all of us know in parts all of us have greater strengths than than others and if we're going to operate in the body together um i may know more spiritually, scripturally, but you may know more in the area of like, just say if you're, um, we've had like people who are um, coaches in, in helping you work out and get healthy, right? Um, trainers in that area. So, so then I'm going to be submitted in some of those things and add those things into the body. And you may be good at, at cooking and uh, eating healthy. Let's add that into the body. And you may be good at this. And so we then bring all that into the church. And I think that that is 
um, one of the things that is, is missing a lot of the times when it gets unhealthy because we start feeling like, like T.D. Jake says, we're such much and and we don't have to submit to anybody, <laughs> right? Like, I can't wait till I, I become the the pastor or the apostle or the prophet because then I'm in control, right? And, and, and that's, that's, I think things get unbalanced. And if we can continue to do that, we'll, we'll be good. Um, things will be healthy. Um, you, uh, um, we have plurality of leadership, right? Where there's teams where, where you just don't get to be the lone ranger, <laughs> right? Um, even, even for me with my, my administrative team, right? There's, I, I tell them all the time, hey guys, we're in here at the end of the day. Yeah, I, the the buck stops here and I have to be responsible. But if, if, if I knew it all, I wouldn't need anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I could do it all myself, I wouldn't need anybody. And I think it was Henry Ford says, I don't need to know everything. I just need to surround myself with people who do. Right. And so you can't even you can't even grow a church that's going to thrive in today's society if you have the idea that um, that I I'm I know it all and I'm the person everybody has to submit to. Um, that's that's not the, the correct thinking. I think I'm talking to leaders more so right now in 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 the perspective of okay i need to allow people to have a place where they can grow and where they can speak and where their voice can be heard right um this is the the opposite or not opposite this is the other side of the coin here where balance is concerned i think i'm done with that i feel like the holy spirit said okay that's good okay so I'm done with that. Um, let's pray for people who have been having submission issues. And I and I think um, this comes from unhealthy things that have happened in family environments a lot of times, right, that carry on in, into the church. And so we want to pray for people that that have submission issues and that have been hurt um and so heavenly father i thank you right now your grace is here you are you are jehovah rapha you are the healer god i thank you that you are the balm in gilead that you are bringing in right now the healing that is required Heavenly Father, for people to move forward so that we can truly be submitted one to another, so that we can be like the man that Jesus said, I haven't seen this type of faith, where somebody would understand I'm a man of authority or a woman of authority because I'm also under it, God. When they say come, I come. When they say do this, I do it. God, I thank you for that type of ability to trust in the people that you have put in charge of those where you said obey those who have been given charge of you because they have to give an account for your soul. God, put us in a place in our psyche, Lord, where we can adjust to 
um, the different personalities that people have, God, let us be able to understand the different personalities that um, are in the different gift mixes, God, that are in the church so that we don't look through one, one lens to judge how everybody brings instruction and correction and love, God, but we understand the differences in the in the kaleidoscope of personalities that you have put in the body. Lord, I pray right now against trauma and things that have happened when um, when childhood um, disasters took place, God, and abuse and those things that have come against us to try to stall us, God, and try to keep us afraid of trusting people. Lord, let us begin to trust again. God, I pray for those as you go into the heart, Lord, that you extract those things and those wounds, God, and you begin to seal those things as you heal those things, God, so that we can go on to be in a position to understand the benefits of being submitted, Lord. As the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit work together, let us be able to do that in the church, in healthy environments, God. I pray for peace that passes all understanding. Right now, I pray for strength and for those, God, that need wisdom on how to handle each and every situation that they're going through right now, God, let them be able to do that and boldness, God, to confront issues that need to be confronted so that Matthew 18 comes to pass, that we can, if we have art with somebody, go to them, bring the confrontive atmosphere in love that causes correction so that we've gained a brother or a sister. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to turn it back over to you, Prophet. Amen. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that we prayed for the people of God, because if you're having submission issues, um, that's not God's will and desire for your life. Um, I also wanted to just lift up a very short scripture here in Ephesians chapter five. Uh, verse, uh, is it 21? Yeah, 21. And um in one version, it says being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ here in this other version. You should see the way I'm switching through these versions. OK, it says submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. And so I want us to begin to understand that we're submitted, submitting one to another. Believe it or not, I happen to be the youngest person on this current stage of moderators and probably in ministry. Um, probably less than most, uh, but they have submitted their time and their gift to me, but I also submit to them. I listen to their ideas and what they say, and we always honor each other. Um, and it's never been a, you know, it's my room. It's, you know, I'm the leader, da, 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 da. And so none of that. Um, and so I think we have to learn and even, I'm going to say this, I know it's going to be controversial, but we have to master submission. Once again, I said it before and I'll say it again, not slavery, submission we have to learn to submit but not be slaves um unless god called you to be a slave and even for those you know that's a little different but we have to learn to submit thanks for listening to today's podcast please feel free to visit us on the web at www.stephontaylor.com there you can get updates information ask questions and even pitch show ideas 
please don't keep this podcast to yourself. Share it with another prophetic person. Thank you for listening. I really do hope that you went ahead and listened, took notes, and really enjoyed this. You can follow us on Instagram at The Prophetic Podcast. We have an Instagram page. We need some more followers. And you can reach out to me there. And we can just continue to communicate. Um, I want to say a special thank you to my co-moderators. That's going to be Dr. Charmaine Downer. She's a prophet for over 20 years. Apostle Jorakaya, who has a ministry there in Randallstown, Maryland. Um, prophet Sonia Adams. Uh, she's there in Atlanta, Georgia, and then also Apostle Joel Terman, who's in Oceanside, California, and then I am your host, Prophet Stefan Taylor from Bridgeport, Connecticut, where breakthrough happens. So if you're in the Bridgeport area, make sure you meet me. Thank you once again for listening to this podcast, and I can't wait for the next conversation. Mm-hmm.